your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to this Tuesday evening episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. The Penguins' uh, six-game winning streak has officially come to an end. They lose 2-1 to one to the Boston Bruins. A disappointing result, but overall, I was pretty happy with the effort level tonight from the Penguins, especially with Evgeny Malkin getting hurt in the first period and did not return to the game well. Returned for one shift and then didn't return after that. There's still no injury update for Mike Sullivan as of right now. I'm sure as I'm recording this, as, I, as I'm scrolling Twitter, I'll give you all an update on that. And then, of course, you know, Brandon Tanner being thrown out of the game for... Uh, I'll get into that. Just Brandon Tanner being thrown out of the game for something really stupid. You know, they play with 10 forwards for basically the last 30 minutes of the game almost... And that's hard to do, especially with Jared McCann still being out, Jason Zucker, and John Marino. And, of course, Teddy Bluger was also out tonight due to an undisclosed injury. Um, I think he skated at the morning. He skated this morning. was perfectly fine in the last game. Hopefully it's nothing major. It looked like that Marino and McCann were potentially going to be coming back tonight. Then, of course, before the game, we see uh, Marino be placed on injured reserve retroactive to March 9th. So he's probably going to be a little while, and hopefully, well, maybe Jared McCann will be back sooner rather than later. The Penguins will also have the Devils coming up for three straight games, and then they will have the uh, Buffalo Sabres coming up for two straight games, who just are now now lost 12 in a row, believe it or not. The Devils actually beat them tonight. Um, And the Devils had lost, I think, 11 straight games at home um, versus the Sabres, who had lost 11 games uh, in a row coming into this. So one of those two streaks had to break. Anyways, going back to the game, like I said, I thought it was a good effort from the Penguins. Casey DeSmith did all he could. I'm not going to fault him um, for either one of the goals. The first one was... um, a great move by Pasternak to beat him five-hole. Um, don't really know what the penalty kill was doing there. Brian Doolin was basically just caught sleeping, drinking a beer on the beach, it looked like, and just let Pasternak slip right past him um, in the defensive zone. Marshawn had a beautiful pass to him, and the PK was it was about to expire. I think there was only like five, six seconds left. The Penguin, They were killing off the penalty um, pretty good before that, and then it just went to crap. And, you know, I, I'm going to keep saying it. I know I gave the Penguin special teams a B-plus for last night, and, and they were good. I, I'll say that. But, you know, then they revert back to what you see tonight with the PK just being really weird at times. I will give them credit, though. Um, that five-minute major um, from Brandon Tanev, that was the penalty kill of the year. So it wasn't all bad. Uh, maybe I'll give it like a C, C plus, C minus, or somewhere in the C range for um, the penalty kill. But they need to be a lot better um, on that first goal. It's been a big problem all season, and it hasn't fully fixed itself at all. I mean, you know, <laughs> I saw someone tweet during the game, forget trading for a center. How about we trade back for Jacques Martin? Because the Penguins' penalty kill under him was basically like a top five, top ten unit um, for all the years that he was um, in Pittsburgh. I think, he, of course, he got there at the start of the 2014-15 season. And all the way through last season, the Penguins had always been one of the best uh, penalty-killing teams in the league. And whatever Mike Bellucci has done, um, it has just not been good enough. But like I said, I will give kudos to the penalty kill at that five-minute major. The Bruins really had nothing going on with that. And Jankowski actually almost had a shorthanded goal and hit the uh, left post as he was coming in on a breakaway. So chance for Jankowski to get his first goal in basically 25 games was not to be. Um, overall, I did think he played an okay game. And I honestly thought the fourth line was not bad tonight. I guess we'll just start there as well. You know, I, I thought Anthony Angelo was okay. Um, Colton Sevier, you know, I've been kind of dogging on him a lot um, in 
recent leagues, but you know, this game and last night's game, he's had a couple of really um high good, high danger scoring chances tonight, especially. He was robbed point blank by Darth Vader. Yes, I am going to call the Bruins goalie Darth Vader because that basically is his name. Um, that was a hell of a stick save. That he even elevated that puck to it wasn't just you know on the ice or something. He he put a good amount of elevation on that puck and he still made the save. That would have been Sevier's first goal, I think, since the one he scored against the Capitals about six weeks ago. I have to double check on that, but he has not scored in quite a while. But honestly, I think he's kind of been a different player since he was put on waivers. I'm liking what I'm seeing from him, um, especially the last couple. Couple games. If he can give them that um, level on on the fourth line moving forward, you know that that's one less roster spot that the Penguins will have to worry about going into the trade deadline. But I still will say, um, I think management owes it to the team with how well that they're playing right now and that they're in third place in the division to go out and get a couple forwards later on in this episode. I will be breaking down um, some of your trade proposals that I asked earlier on in the day on the Locked On Penguins Twitter account um, to just send me a proposal for some players that you want to go after, and I'll break them down and see if it's a good trade for the Penguins and also a good trade for the other team as well. But like I said, so decent night from the fourth line. Uh, obviously, Sam Lafferty was um, inserted into the lineup. He was terrible once again. Um, the play that really struck out, well, there was two plays that struck out uh, to me with him. Um, number one, uh, late in the third period, two plays late in the third period, actually, um, gets a centering pass from behind the net. He's basically five feet away from the net and misses it like three feet wide. It's like, buddy, like you are not going to get playing time if you continue to miss these good scoring chances. And then with five seconds left in the third period, um, the goalie's pulled. Penguins are trying to get that tying goal to at least send it to overtime to get a point. Lafferty's passing the puck back to the point to Mike Matheson when he's well inside the dot and he's basically 10 feet, 10, 15 feet from the net. It's like, why are you not firing that on that? I even tweeted that it basically made me lose brain cells watching that. I mean, he is just not an NHL player right now. The sooner um, everyone realizes this, the better it will be. Um, it, Mike Sullivan obviously has been scratching him a lot in recent games, especially with the team being more healthy, at least coming into tonight. But he is just, he's not an NHL player. Like I said, the sooner everyone realizes that, the better off this will be. He's shown flashes a little bit last season that he could potentially be um, that 12th floor that, that the team was needing. But so far this season, he's just, he's done nothing. And he does not uh, deserve to be playing right now. I'd honestly call up Frederick Goudreau or something from the taxi squad and put him in there. I mean, he, he couldn't be any worse. Um, at this point. But let's also get to some of the good. Brandon Tanev gets another goal tonight. I think that was his seventh goal on the season. Love to see him crash the net like that um, and get the puck past, past Lord Vader. Um, the, the goal with that was really uh, special, honestly. Um, Kapanen had that nice shot from the left uh, far side boards, and then Rodriguez had that outstanding tip, which went off his pad, and then Tanev was able to crash in on the garbage right in front of the net. That tip, though, from Rodriguez, very underrated. You know, if that tip doesn't happen, um, Tanev probably doesn't score that. That goal, and we could we could potentially be looking at a very different game. So I really liked Brandon Tana's game before he was tossed out. We're going to get to that coming up, of course, um, in the next segment for the top line. I thought Gensel looked good. He had a couple good looks. Brian Rust was fine. Sid, I thought was a little bit of a down game from him, but you know he's also having to carry the load, especially with Malkin being out there. They're basically running like one line when Malkin is out of the lineup right now, especially with Teddy Bluger out and Jared McCann and Jason Zucker and so much more. They are literally running one good, competent line out there. I mean, that, that's the reality of the situation, especially with Gino being out. Hopefully it's nothing serious, though. 
And I like Sid's quote after the game to Mike DeFabo. We competed hard. Usually an effort like that, you're rewarded. It wasn't the case tonight, but we battled. I mean, yeah, the Penguins got some good looks tonight um, on that Bruins goalie. He was just making a lot of really good saves. And sometimes a goalie outplays you. I mean, that happened last night with Tristan Jari. Sometimes the goalie is better, even in a good effort. And yes, I know it is peak Penguins to have a career AHL goalie up to this point. Um, basically stonewall them in his first game um, playing in the National Hockey League. It's been like that since Nam with the Penguins and going up against random make-a-name goaltenders. So I really wasn't surprised um, to see him play out of his mind. But overall, you know, a split was most likely coming into these games. I mean, it was very unlikely that the Penguins were going to win both of these games in regulation. Um, would it have, would have been awesome? Oh, absolutely it would have. I mean, that would have been a seven-point cushion um, on the Bruins. But right now the Penguins are still three points up on them. I know the Bruins have two games in hand. But, you know, the Islanders lost tonight. That's good news for the Penguins. Though. Also, Washington was able to go um, five points um, ahead of Pittsburgh now. But like I said, the Penguins also have three games against New Jersey. The first one will be on Thursday. And then before coming home to play um, the Buffalo Sabres next week for two games. So no one should really be mad about this performance. The Penguins probably played one of their better games of the season, especially uh, considering the circumstances. Um, I think I've been more upset, or I'm sure you guys have been more upset with some of the performances that they've put up in some wins. Um, this season so you know this is a fine loss you know they've they've made up enough ground in the standings these last couple of weeks where this loss is not going to kill them they still have like I said eight games against the Devils to go six more against the Sabres two more against the Rangers that's over half of the remaining schedule um, with 27 games left so the team is fine they're still likely going to make the playoffs hopefully they can get some bodies back here in the near future and I especially hope, like I said, I know I keep saying that Evgeny Malkin is not seriously hurt because he was playing um, the best hockey of his season so far but before we do get to more uh, thoughts about this game and other stuff for this episode, it is time to talk about rockauto.com. It's a family business serving auto park customers online for 20 years. You can go to rockauto.com for shop for auto and body parts of hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, you can get everything you need in a few easy clicks to deliver directly to your door. Best of all prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why should you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? You can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and you can write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That is rockauto.com. Right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So let's get my thoughts on the Brandon Tanner situation. Uh, I'm sure if you guys were following me during the game on both Twitter accounts, uh, I was very visibly upset by those. I'm pretty sure everyone in the Penguins fan base was. Uh, if everyone that knows me, I'm a big proponent of player safety in this league. I will always go um, after anyone that takes an illegal check, regardless of if it's anyone on the Penguins or anyone on the Capitals or anyone even on the Calgary Flames or something like that, because player safety needs to be so much better around the league. But that was not one of these instances. This was a clean check. You're basically talking about milliseconds after Tenorti releases the puck. Tanev hits him perfectly clean. Obviously, he slammed into the boards. It's a dangerous situation, but that is not worthy of a five-minute major. I'm sorry. That is a disgrace of a call. And you saw Brandon Tanev say to the refs as he was being escorted off the ice, you know, basically called it a fucking joke, um, in quotes. I know, excuse my language for that. 
But this is just another case of the NHL and their officiating being so inconsistent with their calls. I mean, we saw, I think there was a hit tonight. Uh, I'm just trying to find it right now. Jordan Greenway assessed a minor penalty for an illegal check to the head for coming up high on Oliver ekman Larson. Uh, basically, just his arm and shoulder goes right to the head, and he only gets a minor penalty. So how are you going to give that play a minor penalty but give Brandon Tanev a major and a misconduct for a clean hockey hit. I just don't get it. The officiating has been so bad for so many years now. And I mean, if, if that Tenorti hit on Malkin was not worthy of the penalty, then this one by Tanev on Tenorti um, is not worthy of the penalty either. I, I just, I really don't understand it. The officiating continues to confuse me game after game after game. I think NHL officiating of the four major sports in North America, it is by far the worst. Um, and that's saying something because I think the NFL's officiating is pretty garbage too. And MLB umpires are obviously pretty bad as well. But they just have no idea what they're doing. They're they're doing this backwards. I understand Tenorti got hit, but that shouldn't. Uh, understand Tenorti got hurt. Excuse me, but that should not be the reason why you're giving Brandon Tanev a five-minute major. Was the play dangerous with him going into the boards? It absolutely was. But I'm sorry, that is a clean hit. It was probably a two-minute minor for boarding at most. Uh, I just, you know, you, you you know, it's a cold day in hell when Penguins and Bruins fans are agreeing that a hit was not major worthy, especially, you know, with that wheel of excuses meme that's been going on um, for eight years now. But the league's officiating needs to be so much better in those situations. And honestly, overall, I saw so many instances in this game where they were letting a lot of stuff go. I think at the end of the third period, Kasperi Kappen was blatantly interfered with about a minute to go. Rust has the puck on his stick. It's like a good three seconds past, and they're just not calling a penalty. I think there was a play with Jankowski late in the third period where he basically got full on blatantly tripped, no penalty. It was just like, I guess they want to swallow their whistles. And I hate that part of officiating. I've wanted changes to officiating for so long. Honestly, I think Jeff from Penn's Twitter had a great idea, and I agree with him. You know, shout out to Jeff for this take. Refs should be graded by an independent panel or the NHLPA. The best AHL ref should get promoted. The worst NHL ref should get demoted. There's your accountability. I 1,000% agree with that. If the NHL refs right now are not going to do their jobs right, either fire them or demote them to the AHL. I, would just, I can't keep watching the same old garbage of all of them letting blatant penalties go or, you know, the casual saying of refing to the score. I hate that notion. You know, just because a team is up 2 nothing doesn't mean you can't keep giving them power plays. If the other team is taking penalties and being stupid, you call the penalties. It's just, this league has had an officiating problem for so many years, and it's continued to skyrocket into the season because the refs just will not do their jobs right. And the funniest part about that, Tanith hit going back to it, they had a review for it. Like, you, you, they had a review, and they still couldn't get the call right. That is how bad they are at their jobs. It is inexcusable to have a review, see that that is not a five-minute major, but still call it as one. I, I really don't understand it, and I probably never will. And again, Jeff from Penn's Twitter killed it with this other tweet too. Tanev did not leave his feet, make principal contact with the head, lead with the elbow, hit him in a defenseless area, hit later, anything else that would warrant a penalty. And the refs reviewed this and gave him five and a misconduct. He had a great um, line after that. Why can't hockey gain popularity in quotation marks? Again, he hits the nail on the head there. There is a reason why this sport is the last ranked sport for most watched in the United States behind the MLB 
NFL and the NBA. It's because of shit like this. And it's just really annoying that this stuff keeps happening. So hopefully sooner rather than later, there will be changes made to it. Um, before we do get to our next commercial break, though, we'll get some trade proposals in here. Um, it is time to do our listener takeaways. A few here to get to. Gilbert the Goat starting us off. I mean, what can you expect with that many players out? Yeah, I mean, they're basically without, what, four to five regulars. He says, I thought the boys put up a good fight without Tanev and Gino. And oh my God, that major on Tanev was probably the worst call of the year. Hopefully Gino is okay and McCann and Marino are back for the game on Thursday. Yeah, 100% agree with you go or that's probably one of the worst calls i've seen this season and yes we are hoping that mccann and marino continue to skate hopefully there was no setback with marino because uh sullivan said that they were game time decisions to uh this morning for tonight's game but then held both of them out and then of course marino went on um ir but at least they will get back brandon tana for next game so that'll be good but yeah, I'm also hoping for Gino to be back as well. Thomas Nevitt says, turning point of the game was that call. However, I can't say the Penguins had a particularly strong game up to that point. Not much more I can say without blowing a gasket. Yeah, honestly, Thomas, I think the Penguins were playing a fine game up until that point anyway. I thought the Bruins had the better of the play in the second period up until that point. But I thought in the first period, after those first five to ten minutes, um, the Penguins were carrying the play uh, pretty well for a team that played um, on the night before. I know Boston did as well, but I didn't expect the Penguins to have their legs um, that well in that first period. I honestly just don't have a lot of complaints for the Penguins with this game, especially considering the circumstances. You win some, you lose some. This was a very close game. I was hoping throughout that third period that they were going to get it at least to overtime to get a point out of it because you never know what can happen in three-on-three with how well the Penguins have played in overtime and the shootout this year. But, you know, Frederick was able to basically score on a seeing-eye shot. To Smith had no chance with that. I mean, Chris Letang was not really getting David Pasternak out of the way. I guess I didn't really get to that um, in this episode. Letang needs to do a better job with that play. Again, I've been saying this on the podcast for the last couple weeks. The Penguins are just letting um, opposing players stand in front of the net with no consequences and no repercussions. Get them out of the way. Smith has no chance there. He can't even put the glove out to see it. And Frederick just scores an easy shot with, what, 12.50 remaining in the third period. It's been a theme all season with how bad the Penguins have been in front of their net. You look at the heat maps and everything. They're doing a great job limiting teams to, like, above the dots, except in front of the net. That's just been their Achilles heel all season. It needs to be better. And you saw there with Latang not doing a good job on Pasternak to box him out and get him out of the way so DeSmith can see it. Mr. Nodal says, lots of bad luck tonight. Down Malkantina, we ran out of gas. Wish Lafferty would have been on the third line. Brings more energy than 14. Honestly, Mr. Nodal, just with what I was seeing from Lafferty tonight, I honestly wish he wasn't even playing just because of how bad he was. Jankowski, I thought, had one of his better games, to be honest. And I was surprised that he didn't score there on that breakaway. Well, honestly, I'm not surprised that he didn't score there. What the hell am I talking about? He hasn't scored in 25 games. He also says the power play is out of sync without 71. Yep, 100%. And just when 71 is hitting his stride. Now this, hope he's back soon. We did have our chances tonight. Yeah, the Penguins did have a lot of good chances. If you look at 5v5 from Natural Stature, the Penguins actually led in high danger chances. 10-4 and 6 against scoring chances was pretty even. 18 scoring chances for the Bruins, 17 for the Penguins. The Penguins' possession was not that good, though, 40.9%. For Corsi, the Bruins had 59, 59%. But if you go to all situations, um, the Penguins also led in high danger chances, 13-9. Scoring chances for the Penguins led in that, 23-22. to It looked better, though, with the possession, 44.3% for the Penguins, 55.6%. Um, for the Bruins. So, like I said, I thought the Penguins, they played fine tonight. It's just sometimes the puck is not going to go in, especially with a depleted lineup. 
Alan C. Oder says, hopefully Gino's okay. Would have been nice to have him and Tanev out there. Speaking of Tanev, I'm pretty sure Tom Wilson and others have been penalized for a lot worse than that BS. Yeah, you're, you're no kidding on that, Alan. I've seen so many Tom Wilson hits over the years go unpenalized that are far worse than that, though. You know, he is suspended for seven games right now, so I can't comment on that too much. Alan also says, of course, we would lose to a goalie making his NHL debut as well. Yes, that, that is peak Penguins. It's happened so many times throughout the Sydney Crosby Benny Malkin era. They turn all these goalies into God. He finished off saying, oh, that sucks, but I'd rather lose now than to New Jersey. But hey, six straight wins is still impressive. Yes, this team has still won six of the last seven games, and I think seven of the last nine. And they have three straight coming up against the Devils and two more against the Sabres. Pennstat says, put up a good fight towards the end. We missed Hannah's energy, and who knows if, La if that Jankowski break where Lafferty's late chance falls to someone else. It could have been ended differently. Poor call affected us, but we weren't amazing. Fair play to Vlada in the Bruins net. He looked very good. Yeah, 100% agree with all your points there. I, I was very happy with that effort level, very happy with the fight at the end. It just, it stunk though the day the Penguins were putting out Mark Jankowski on the six on five, Evan Rodriguez on the six on five, Sam Lafferty on the six on five. You you know it's bad when the Penguins are putting out their fourth line for a six on five opportunity with a minute left. That just goes to show how banged up they were for this game because usually those guys are stapled to the fence. I'm sorry I'm laughing about it, but but it just it was funny to see that. I was I was honestly just laughing about it as I was watching it because that's honestly the only time that you're gonna see it all season. I'm sorry, I'm gonna stop laughing now, but it, it was still funny to see. But okay, thank you all so much for sending those listener takeaways in. For the next segment, we will be getting in some trade proposals um, for the deadline as we are now 27 days away. Um, but before we do that, it is time to talk about bet online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up for. You can head to the website or use mobile device. Sign up today and receive your 50% off. Welcome bonus on your first deposit. That is BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts with a promo code Locked on, and as always, we cannot forget about Built Bar and Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup is a good one, and one that is honestly an easy one for me: coconut almond versus peanut butter brownie. The peanut butter brownie um, is honestly one of my top three favorites, and if you don't vote for that, um, I basically question your sanity. But overall. I would expect the peanut butter brownie to win this one. You can go to builtbar.com or you go to bar underscore built on Twitter. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at builtbar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. With that, we get to our final segment, but before I do get into this trade stuff, we are finally getting some quotes from Mike Sullivan after the game. Evgeny Malkin is being evaluated for a lower body injury. No update there. Marino remains day-to-day. He's going to skate tomorrow. But the bad news is Teddy Bluger is out longer term with an upper body injury. Had no idea that he was even hurt going into this game. So that is flat out not good. You know, not great Bob. Dot gif. Um, I've been saying the management owes it to this team with how well they've been playing to go out and make some trades. I know Ron Hextall is not big on getting rentals because he doesn't want to trade some prospects and picks. Um, there's some good options out there. Uh, Granlin, Eric Stahl. Uh, I know they're rentals, but they, they have no choice but to trade 
um, for one of those two players, even though Ron Hextall doesn't want to trade the prospects and picks because he's always been seen as a builder, as a general manager, but you know he can also adapt as well. There's Anthony Manthas out there, so much more. But let's get to some trade proposals that I saw um, from the Locked On Penguins Twitter account. Gilbert starts off Pedersen in a second round pick for Granlin and a fourth round pick. I-, I would do that. You know, would Nashville do it? I'm not sure. I know they're also looking. They have some other irons in the fire, as they say, with Matthias Ekholm, but I would do that. It makes a lot of sense. I know Granlin is a rental, and I know that Hextall is not big on trading picks, but I think that one would make a lot of sense, especially because this team needs um, center depth pretty badly right now. Pennstat says Sevier and Auricolo for Eric Stahl may be a pick as well. Granlin is a UFA next year, so he could be a good pickup in the offseason. Yeah, Eric Stahl is going to be a big theme for this uh, little segment. I would be all over him. I know he's a bit older, but this guy's a former 30-goal scorer the, one of the past couple of years. He's still a good player. I know he's been on a bad Buffalo team that's lost 12 in a row, but he is not the reason why they have lost 12 in a row. I would do that deal in a heartbeat. Danielle also says, I haven't had time to look over myself, but I did see people say Eric Stahl in a trade in this article, which leads me to King Clarkie's proposal. Um, he actually DM'd me it on Twitter. Um, if I can just go to this right now. Okay, so here are the two trades that he has proposed to me. Bobby Ryan from the Tro- Detroit for a 2022 fourth round pick and Casper Bjorkwist. I think that makes a lot of sense for the Penguins. Bjorkwist has been in their system for a while, has not made the leap to um, the pros yet. Uh, I don't think he's going to be anything special in a fourth round pick. You know, he basically doesn't have a big high likelihood of becoming an NHL player. I know Ryan is a rental, but this makes a lot of sense, especially in a bottom six role. And then his other one, Eric Stahl for Yuso Rikula, a 2021 seventh round pick and a 2023 fourth round pick. I I think that one makes a lot of sense too. I don't know if Buffalo would want more than that. I would imagine they would want a little bit more. Um, But I think those two trades would be awesome for the Penguins and it really um, solidifies them as a true cup contender because the lineup that he sent me, you could run Gensel, Crosby, Rust, Zucker, Malkin, Kapanen, McCann, Stahl, Bobby Ryan, and then Aston Reese, Blue Gertanov when the team is fully healthy. Then the team can fully run four lines. You don't have Anthony Angelo out there, Mark Jankowski, Colton Sevier, Sam Lafferty, any of other those players. And that is a formidable lineup, and I think that team can beat almost anyone in a seven-game series. I truly believe that. Um, for me personally, I would love if they could get their hands on Anthony Mantha. He signed, I think, for a few more years. It fits the mold of Hextall not giving up assets to go and get rentals. Kyle Palmieri also makes sense. But yeah, it seems like a lot of you want Eric Stahl. It makes a ton of sense, especially for center depth. Tonight, the Penguins were rolling out. Mark Jankowski is a second-line center for a lot of the game. I mean, if the other center, I think, was like Sam Lafferty or something like that. It's just pretty bad to watch when those uh, two players are centering lines for this team. But overall, yeah, center depth is a big need for the team right now. Hopefully, Malkin will be okay, though. I'm sure they'll have an update tomorrow if the team practices. Um, before we do close out this episode, though, I do want to uh, get to this quote from Sidney Crosby. He says, I hope as players we can get some clarity on what's a good hit and what's not. Bingo, Sid. Thank you for saying that. Hitting is still a part of hockey, and there is nothing wrong with a clean body check or just a clean hit in general. Yes, I am a big proponent of player safety. I want these headshots out of the game. I want dirty hits out of the game and all these other bad hits out of the game. But with Brandon Tanev, in that situation, that is a perfectly legal check, and that is the kind of hit that deserves to stay in the National Hockey League. So I will end you all 
with that. But thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I always, always appreciate it. Tomorrow we will have Josh Yoey from The Athletic on on Wednesday evening to talk all about the team, including some trade targets and that article he wrote about Jim Rutherford earlier on Tuesday because uh, yeah, he, he's making the rounds again and the fan base is not happy and rightfully so. He did say some stuff in that article that was um, pretty embarrassing still. But like I said, thank you all so much for listening and I will talk to you all uh, on Wednesday evening.